0: Hey you, thanks for hitting play and welcome to the Canadian Cannabis Update. In this podcast, the premise is to give leaders and organizations an opportunity to tell their stories and share information. And if you like what I do, please tell your friends to subscribe as well, either directly to me, Canadian Cannabis Update Podcast, or to the group we have, Cannabis Media Collective. You can find everything out and more at my website, distinctmedia.ca. All right. Let's begin by thanking our sponsors. They're amazing. They're at Keep Me in Business. Firstly, Harvest Medicine. Now, Harvest Medicine is a patient-centric clinic which offers free medical assessments for people just like you or me looking to explore how medical cannabis can help improve our lives. Now, if you want to learn more about Harvest Medicine or to book a free consultation with Harvest Medicine, the easiest way is to just go to their website, Hmed.ca. I'll spell it for you. H-M-E-D.ca. So huge shout out and thank you to Harvest Medicine. I'm also sponsored by GrowTech Labs. Now, GrowTech Labs is based in Vancouver, and they're bringing together a new generation of diverse cannabis sector innovators from across Canada and around the globe. So what does that mean, right? Well, it means that they help entrepreneurs develop market-leading products for the recreational and medical cannabis industries. So if you work with GrowTech Labs, they'll help you by combining access to financing, and they'll assist you with the delivery of world-class programs rooted in innovation, entrepreneurship, and mentorship – Ultimately, Grow Tech Labs intends to expand British Columbia's influence as a global cannabis capital. So thanks again to Grow Tech Labs. Oh, and by the way, I'm also sponsored by this guy. If you're looking for cannabis accessories, check out lakecitycannabis.ca slash shop. Great products and amazing prices. And don't forget, you can get free shipping on purchases over $50. And because you're listening to Canadian Cannabis Update, you can use promo code Cana one That's C-A-N-N-A-1. So don't wait. Go to lakecitycannabis.ca now. Go. Go! And hey, if you have a business and you'd be interested in sponsoring Canadian Cannabis Update, just reach out to me and I will send you a media kit. You can either go to my website, cannabisupdate.ca, or you can email me, michael at distinctmedia.ca. All right. Often, I'll type out my intro and make sure I get it right so that I don't miss any of the important details. Before playing the interview This one I approached Completely different From the beginning So I'm going to Change the way I do introductions as well Many people in the cannabis industry already know who Deepak Anand is, and if you've gone online, YouTube, Twitter, anywhere else, you can find countless posts, videos, interviews of Deepak already talking at length about cannabis policy in Canada. So I thought, well, I've already interviewed him once and kind of did that already, and why do the same thing that everyone else always does with Deepak anyways? So I thought, well, who's the guy? Who is this Deepak Anand guy? I've been to a few different cannabis events across Canada, and I always seem to bump into Deepak Deepak. He's everywhere. So for today's interview, I said to Deepak, look, let's just have some fun. Let's talk about you. Who are you? Where do you come from? What do you care about? So that's exactly what we did. This interview is an introduction, you might say, to someone who you probably already know, but don't really know. So please welcome Deepak Anand. Welcome, I guess, back to the podcast, Deepak. Thank you for having me. All right. So we're going to turn the table a little bit here. I think that when people see that uh, I'm interviewing Deepak Anand, they think policy, business, standard stuff for you. And I think if you go online and you Google Deepak Anand, there's there's countless interviews, videos, that sort of thing, where you do talk policy and business. But if you're like me and you are dabbling in the cannabis space on a regular basis and you're familiar with a lot of faces... Uh, Sometimes you think to yourself, well, who really is this person, this Deepak Anand? Uh, I like to call you neo-cannabis royalty. Is that, is that a term okay with you? <laughs> sure. All right. So um, let's go way back and get to know you a little bit before we walk into everything else. Um, tell us about where you grew up. So I was born and raised in India. Um, I went to high school in Mumbai, um, and then uh, for a
1: few years I ended up going to a boarding school in in a place in the north, uh, in the Himalayas, called Bishop Cotton School, Mm -hmm. uh, which is a boarding school. uh, It's actually the oldest boarding school um, in in the world. It was one of the first in India set up by the British. Uh,
0: Okay, I I googled Bishop Cotton Boarding School, and uh, the area that you have lunch in looks a bit like Hogwarts from uh, Harry Potter. It really does. It's isn't funny.
1: It? That's exactly what my wife said, and, and it totally does. Yes, because because I've taken her there,
0: um, and and that's absolutely true. It, it looks just like that. Um, boarding school in North America, in Canada in particular, is not very common. Is that a common thing in India? Yeah, it's, it's quite common. I mean, uh, you know, definitely uh, a
1: lot of my friends' peers from high school actually ended up going to boarding school, so it, it is quite common in India, yes.
0: And uh, you're forced to leave your family and your friends, and then you move to a different area, and then you, you are dropped into a school with a brand new sort of environment of students. Is that how that works? absolutely that's
1: exactly how it works and it, it and it, it gives you a number of life skills that you need to have uh, you know i mean i think it was uh it was that process that kind of prepared me for my move to canada and you know when i moved here several years ago um it was you, you know it was a very similar challenge it was a completely different environment I, I i didn't really have any family I moved here by myself and uh and it was it was quite challenging and i feel like that move initially early on in life uh, prepared me for for this challenge when when I moved to Canada. So
0: I think it's been great from that perspective. So you would recommend sending someone to boarding school?
1: Well, absolutely. I mean, I, I think there needs to be a fine balance in terms of age. I mean, I see kids in India that are sent to boarding school at age five, six, seven. I, I think that may be a challenge. But uh, certainly later on in life, I think it's an experience that uh, everyone must go through. I
0: definitely think that, uh, that that's important for sure. So when you were growing up in India, uh, were you ever exposed to cannabis? And is it very common yeah, I mean, you know, it's
1: interesting. Uh, the, the Himalayas, where, where I went to boarding school, it's you know, it grows wild there. And I mean, just both cannabis and hemp seem to grow wild in a number of regions in India, and it is quite common. I think that's where I was first exposed to cannabis. Uh, would have been in that in that environment, in that setting, just because it grew naturally. We had a lot of you know neighbors around the school that would uh, you know have plants, and so they would be using this uh, this product in a variety of different ways. Some used them in uh, in foods. Others, you know, smoke them. Uh, so it, it is quite common. I think it, it goes very much down to Indian culture and Indian roots in many ways. In different parts of the, the country, it's used for a variety of different purposes, um, including metal, medical purposes in some areas. So, it, yeah, it, it is quite common.
0: So you could hypothetically walk down the street and pick wild cannabis. Is that correct? <laughs> in certain areas, absolutely, yes. Wow. Okay. Um, lassi. is that common, which is uh, hashish-infused um I guess, milkshake? Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's very common and it's delicious. Okay, enough said. <laughs> <laughs> so, when did you come to Canada, and why did you come to Canada? Uh, so, I moved to Canada in
1: 20, 2008 mm-hmm. and uh, the reason I moved to Canada was to do my masters. Um, I went to University of Vancouver Island um, uh, to do my MBA, uh, and that was sort of the primary reason for me moving here. Uh, when I when I came out here, I never had the intention to stay on. I was always going to do a couple of years, um, you know, stay back for for a couple of years of work and then and then move back to India so yes, the intention never was to stay on in Canada but but nonetheless I mean you know that's that's what happened
0: and and, and it's, it's been great So Vancouver Island that's because you were accepted uh, into that university in particular any other reason for moving to the island? <laughs>
1: Yeah, no, uh, you know, that, that university did a lot of promotion in India, and I mean, they had, uh, you know, some, some people that they had sent out, and I had had various conversations with them, and uh, it seemed like a good fit um,
0: for, at the time, so yeah, I mean, that was the reason why I went there. Okay, so after finishing university, I think that your first professional gig uh, was with a company called Pivotal Partners, is that correct?
1: Uh, yes absolutely that's that's right and that was my foray into the into the pharmaceutical space um that was a company that had uh, you know the, the internet, you know, dot com boom was just picking up at mm-hmm. the time, and uh, um, you know, this was a company that had set up to deal primarily with uh, underinsured Americans that were ordering products that were not available either in the U.S. or were significantly more expensive in the U.S. than they were in Canada. So that was sort of my foray into into the pharmaceutical space, and um, you know, and as that company grew, I sort of grew with that
0: company in in, in a variety of different roles. Okay, I cyber-stalked you a little bit, and uh, your LinkedIn page. <laughs> (laughs) Uh, indicates that you worked uh, there for a while. Um, How did pharmaceuticals prepare you for the cannabis space?
1: Yeah, I mean there was a, a lot of parallels between the pharmaceutical space that I was in, as well as the the cannabis space, the which was the MMPR or very early on. Um, and so, I mean, you know, the pharmaceutical space involved, um, uh, you know, sort of it, it was uh, online prescribing. That, you know, you would send your prescriptions in to the mail into uh, different companies. They would be authenticated and verified by physicians and pharmacists, and then the product would be dispensed or or, or mailed via mail order and you You know, when early on when the MMPR was launched, it was a very similar process where, uh, you know, you'd go through the same sort of channels to be able to uh, ship products out. And, you know, having worked very closely with Health Canada very, very early on through the pharmaceutical days, there was a lot of parallels between what Health Canada had set up here on the e-commerce distribution side for uh, a pharmaceutical product, albeit cannabis, versus, uh, you know, mainstream pharma. So there was a number of parallels there. Um, You know, there were similar challenges where we had pharmacists and physicians, you know, sort of having opposing views in terms of whether this should be prescribed, uh, how it should be prescribed. Is is it best done in clinics? Is it best done in stores? Is it best done online? So the challenges were very similar. And I would say that's kind of how a lot of this prepared me
0: uh, for the cannabis space. And there was certainly a lot of parallels. Okay, so at what point and how did you transition? Like, what's the story behind going from pharmaceuticals to your first cannabis-related gig? (laughs)
1: Yeah, so uh, very early on, I co-founded something called the Canadian National Medical Marijuana Association, which is a mouthful now, and it was the CNMMA at the time, and it was set up... You know, as a all-encompassing industry association. In fact, the only industry association that was all-encompassing. You know, there was only a handful of life producers at the time. We had a couple of them, and uh, you know, physicians, patient advocates, uh, people from the industry that were involved on the outside, and the outskirts of the industry, in terms of uh, you know whether it be C to sales suppliers, whether it be uh, you know tech companies, etc., that were members. So you know, it was an all-encompassing association that kind of uh, worked very closely. With the uh, the federal government on developing and drafting legislation and regulations, and we gave a lot of feedback and input in terms of what we saw. You know, were some challenges with the with the legislation at the time, which was the MMPR. They were just transitioning from the MMAR to the MMPR, and so we, you know, we were set up to kind of give them that that feedback, and uh, uh, it was very much all encompassing and all evolving. And that's kind of how I first got into the space. I had uh, uh, I had set up that association with the view of uh, uh, kind of lobbying. Government, and then slowly but surely, I kind of got dragged into it. And I hadn't given up my my pharma gig completely. I was kind of doing both things at one point. And uh,
0: very soon, I, I realized that you know cannabis is going to be a full time thing for me. All right. Now, on your LinkedIn page, companies <laughs> and organizations that you've been associated, I'm going to read them quick. Right now, you're a VP of Normal, uh, board member of Cadence for Fair Access to Medical Marijuana. Uh, you were formerly a board member of Budding tech, which is based out of Sydney, VP of Business Development and Government Relations for Cannabis Compliance, which I think is where a lot of people identify with you right now, or formally, uh, VP of Business at Xenobis. You also were an adjunct instructor at Quantlin, uh, I guess developing coursework for the cannabis space, and Canadian National Medical marijuana association executive director Whew. is that is that about it did i get them all uh
1: i'm also on the board of the center for medical cannabis in the uk which is a not-for-profit entity kind of lobbying for change in the uk but yeah that's that's the only other one well you need to update your linkedin page
0: <laughs> <then>. <laughs> okay yes, now you had tweeted a little while back that somebody probably just like cheat they were being cheeky but uh they had said Do you always just travel around and speak at these conferences? And you kind of had a laugh at that because you do a lot of it. So I want to ask you some questions about public speaking now, if that's okay. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. When was your first speaking engagement in the cannabis space?
1: Oh, wow. It would have been at... Uh, uh, you know, it was, there was a, there was an outfit called a- AAPS, it was the Applied Academy for Pharmaceutical Sciences, and they were doing these cannabis courses um, and, and they were just getting into the cannabis foray, and I remember it was an event in, in a remote area just outside of Markham, Ontario, by the airport, um, you know, about four or five exhibitors, about you know, maybe eight or nine speakers. Uh, this was very, very early on, I think early MMPR days. Uh, that would have been my first sort of speaking, speaking gig.
0: Okay. And you can answer this with pass should you have to, but was there a worst experience speaking in the cannabis space? Maybe from a technical perspective, maybe nobody showed up, uh, maybe you went to the wrong place at the wrong time, that sort of thing. You don't want know what? No. I mean, uh, I, I think every speaking
1: game that I've done has actually been great. You know, there's been a, you know, a lot of people that have been very interested in the subject. Whilst rooms may not have been packed to the rafters, there's certainly been a lot of engagement and, and excitement amongst the audience. Mm-hmm. Uh, there hasn't really been a blooper moment, if you will, on that side, at least to date, which I'm
0: fortunate for. <laughs> Do you have the most memorable experience? Do you have one time where you're up on a stage you're like, wow, this is awesome? Uh, yeah, I mean, so definitely speaking at the MJ Biz conference
1: in in Vegas uh, very early on to a very very significant audience size is probably uh, the, the the biggest wow moment for me in terms of uh, that foray and and that's been great. I mean, it, at other times, uh, you know, I've spoken uh, overseas very often, and you know, early on, I remember in Australia it was very fascinating when they were trying to develop a medical cannabis program, and and, and here we were looking as like the experts. Canada which I think we still are uh, having done this you know there was a lot of sort of uh, curiosity around how we did this and there was definitely this element of uh, novelty in terms of uh, you know being from Canada and and I think there's a certain degree of novelty that that's still carried when you when you speak overseas particularly because people are very interested in how we've gone about this fascinating experience of yeah. both legalization and medical purposes but also for non-medical and Iraq and there's just so many layers to this onion that that people are absolutely fascinated with how we've gone about doing these things,
0: do you sometimes feel like um, when you sit down in front of an audience that you're kind of speaking to that you know cliche echo chamber of cannabis people? Like, do you feel over the last few years that you're actually reaching new audiences?
1: Absolutely. I was actually at a conference at a conference um, that was not cannabis related at all in uh, in Palm Springs um, very recently, about a few weeks ago, and that was a it was a very different audience. It was some very wealthy uh, People from sort of the Midwest in the U.S. that were extremely sort of anti cannabis. So, uh, yes, I think there's been a lot of conversations around uh, people that are interested in the industry, and there was certainly a lot of echo chambers to that end in terms of, uh, uh, you know, people that you usually speak to and conferences that you usually speak at. But this conference was very different. I mean, a lot of people sort of, you know, had challenged a number of things that I had said uh, from a policy perspective in terms Mm -hmm. of the way we went about doing this, particularly at that conference. And, uh, And that was certainly, you know, one of the times where. You know, it was challenging, but it, it just put things into perspective. I mean, uh, you know, these were people that were very opposed to cannabis legalization, I think still are very opposed to mm-hmm. cannabis legalization. And even for medical purposes, there were comments around, uh, you know, why we should be doing this. And at one point, I think one of the ladies said, So you're looking uh, to just have more cannabis smokers. And, and the more smokers you have, the better that you're going to do in terms of the businesses that you run or, or help run. And uh, so it, it was a very heated conversation, but it, it was certainly not an echo chamber, and it was a lot of people, uh, you know, challenging a lot of opinions, which uh, had me do a lot of self, uh, you know, inspection in terms of where we are, yeah. uh, both, um, you know, as a country legalizing cannabis, but also about the significant amount of stigma that still exists and the the serious amount of work that's got to happen. And I think you see it firsthand in the U.S. I think Canadians in general are more receptive to cannabis, but uh, the U.S. is a very different landscape. Whilst mm-hmm. you've got, you know, over thirty states that have legalized either for medical or recreational, there is still
0: there's still still a lot that needs to happen there. Um, Obviously, subject matter aside, um, but when you go to a conference or some sort of public speaking engagement, um, do you try to anticipate the type of audience that you have and prepare for your speech that way? Is it case by case in terms of the anticipated people watching you and listening to you speak? Uh, yes, absolutely. I think uh, I very much prepare for the anticipated audience in terms of what what are
1: the things that they may be most interested in. I often get asked to speak at conferences that uh, are other industries looking at cannabis, and you know, I've done waste recycling at one point, and I've done pharmaceuticals at another point, and they're they're very different in terms of what people are looking to get out of those those two. And uh, so I do tailor the, either the presentations or the subject matter for for those individual
0: audiences. All right. Now I reached out to the Twitter world, and someone by the handle of Buzz Dank Year, You probably know who he is. He's pretty yes. common on Twitter in yeah. the cannabis <laughs> circles. Uh, he asked a very specific question, so I'm going to read it to you verbatim to get your answer. I understand that Deepak has worked in the pharmaceutical industry prior to working in the cannabis field. I would like to know his take on the current cannabis regulations and the amount of oversight the Canadian government has imposed on this nascent industry. Specifically, what he feels is a reduction in many of these requirements would occur realistically. I'm not sure if I got that right. For example, I can legally go and buy enough Acetaminophen to kill myself, but cannabis requires physical security precautions that are unaligned with any medical risk, like vaults and security cameras, that sort of thing. I think he's talking specifically about
1: the overregulation of cannabis, and mm-hmm. uh, certainly, I mean, there's definitely been that element where we seem to have regulated this product. I mean, at one point, it was, uh, you know, comparing it to, uh, you know, uh, radioactive and nuclear waste at one point, and uh, you know, is this now going to be plutonium? And you know, those are the sorts of analogies that the way that we've Regulated cannabis have come down to, and historically, yes, I think it's been quite overregulated. I think that the government started with a very heavy hand in terms of how this was regulated, especially when you compare it to other pharmaceuticals, including controlled pharmaceuticals such as uh, you know methamphetamines and opiates and uh, things that could literally kill you or that you have a significantly higher street value than even cannabis does. And uh, when you look at how those products are regulated and you look at how cannabis is regulated, cannabis is definitely overregulated from that perspective. But I think the regulator has done a good job over the past few years looking at balancing the risks uh, and the way this has been regulated and uh, one of the things that he mentioned specifically in his question was about the vaults and, uh, and that security process which has now been eliminated by health Canada so uh, health Canada is looking at this from a risk-based perspective and uh, keep in mind I mean you know they're always given a lot of flack from the pharmaceutical industry looking at what the cannabis industry is getting away with if you look at the way that we're launching and selling products and I don't disagree with the way that we're doing it but uh, you know, a lot of it is based on anecdotal evidence. There, there haven't been significant clinical trials done on this stuff, and mm-hmm. the pharmaceutical industry is constantly pushing back on Health Canada. The tobacco industry is constantly pushing back on Health Canada in, in terms of why is this cannabis industry given this green slip in terms of being able to do whatever they want to do, whereas uh, you know we have to go through stringent oversights, whether it be from a clinical trial perspective, whether it be around marketing and advertising. So there's a balance there. But uh, but completely get his question on the pharmaceutical side. I mm-hmm. uh, I do agree that you know we have over-regulated it to some point. But uh, clearly, that's what's made us successful in terms of the international markets and from a quality
0: assurance perspective. All right. This is where we change gears a bit, Deepak. Okay. Uh, We're going to go into game show mode here. I may even put in some game (laughs) show music. All right. I'm going to give you 10 super fast questions. Uh, You have to give me super fast, simple answers and you may only pass on two of the questions. Do you understand the rules? (laughs) Yes. All right, here we go. Number one. Do you personally invest in cannabis stocks? Uh, Yes, I do. I have. Okay. Number two. Do you enjoy attending conferences? Absolutely. Are you lying? You can't lie in this. Okay. Number three. (laughs) How does your family feel about working in the cannabis space?
1: Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, on the one hand, my my, my son tells people in school that um, my dad does cannabis, uh, mm-hmm. so that's interesting, um, and and the questions that come from there. And and on the other hand, my parents in India, I, you know, they, I don't think they still understand fully what I do. I think there's certainly that element of what my son says in terms of he's dealing in cannabis. It's like, well, just don't get arrested. So uh, the, those are sort of the ways that that the different parts of my family uh, think about what I'm doing in cannabis space.
0: Cool. All right. Number four. Do people ever confuse you with MLA Deepak Anand of the PC Party of Ontario? All the time. I get (laughs) angry tweets around, you
1: promised this when you were looking for my vote and you never delivered. (laughs) Why is the snow still on my backyard? All
0: the time. Nice. Okay. Favorite place to visit when traveling for work?
1: Oh, I would have to say Europe. Um, I definitely like Europe and love being there. That
0: would definitely be the place. Okay. Being of Indian descent, do you prefer cricket or field hockey? Oh, cricket for sure. All right. That's an easy answer. Favorite Bollywood actor? Ooh, um, Priyanka Chopra. Oh, I thought you were going to give me the cliche. I'm a tough butcher. <laughs> I'm Yeah, that. everyone likes him. Okay, uh, <laughs> name one person you've blocked on Twitter. Oh, how many times did you say I get to use the word past? Twice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll use it once. <laughs> Do you party? Yeah, absolutely. All right, I asked James West that question, and he laughed and laughed and laughed, and he's, <laughs> his answer also was yes. Uh, best book you've read in the last year?
1: Oh, uh, bi- make big things happen.
0: Make big things happen. Perfect. Any final thoughts or perspective? No, I mean, it's been great chatting with you. I really enjoy what you're doing in terms of your podcast. And you. we'd love to be on again. Well, I'm glad you uh, agreed to do it this way instead of going over you know, a load of policy and business-related questions, which are also super interesting, especially coming from you. Um, but I thought it might be fun to give this interview a little bit of a spin and let people get to know you a bit. Yeah, it's been great. Thank you. Thanks once again for listening to the Canadian Cannabis Update podcast. If you have a story that you'd like to share about the cannabis space, I would love to hear from you. Hit me up at canadiancannabisupdate@gmail.com at gmail.com or my website, CannabisUpdate.ca. And if you want to find out more about Canadian Cannabis Update and all of the other podcasts in the Cannabis Media Collective, check us out on Twitter at CanMedCall, just like Cannabis Media Collective, but abbreviated. And you can also find out more about us on Facebook, instagram and every podcast related streaming site in the known universe check us out the cannabis media collective all right hit it ember the media contributors within the cannabis media collective do our very best to remain as accurate as possible but take no responsibility for any inaccurate details or facts if a story interests you we're glad to have brought it to your attention but please take the time to research the details for yourself